You're listening to Aubrey CD Speaks, where truth is spoken for your freedom. How's it going? This is Kenneth, and you're listening to The Kilted Preacher, and... This is Aubrey, and you're listening to Aubrey CD Speaks. And this is a collab podcast by husband and wife. We just had our 10-year anniversary, and uh, we wanted to do a podcast and kind of talk about how we got together in the first place and what what's happened from the time that we got married until now because it's a crazy story and the Lord's definitely involved in it from start until this point. So how we met. We met at church, our church deliverance Bible church back in 2009, I think. And uh, her and her family started coming before... I started coming. I started coming around November, December-ish, and they they uh, showed up uh, a few months prior to that. And uh, at first, we really didn't kind of like talk to each other or nothing. Not that we had a disdain for each other. <laughs> we didn't really pay attention to one another. No, we just went to the same church, and uh, then I found out. From someone at church that Aubrey's dad uh, was doing a Bible study and I, I was like you know I'll go check it out and uh, I went to their Bible study and it was great it was extremely uh, I don't know what's the word I, I, I fell in love with the family immediately because I saw people that loved God like I love God and I hadn't seen anybody love God before and so I immediately attached myself to them because these were people who talked with God and talked about God and talked about things that God told them like me and that was kind of my perspective in meeting them in their Bible study yeah um, things did kind of change after he started coming to the Bible study um, not so much, you know, I saw him for the first time and thought, oh, he looks, you know, like a nice guy or something like that. It was just, um, I saw him and the Lord told me that, that he really loved him and that was his son. And, and, um, I, I don't know, he, he the Lord told me to feed him and so. So I made him a sandwich. Um, I was a lot skinnier in those days. I was homeless. <laughs> Which I did not know. Uh, I probably would have made him more sandwiches. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there um, there was this uh, beginning of the Lord talking to me about Kenneth um, and taking care of him. I had no idea why. I, I honestly wasn't even interested in why. It was just this um, need to feed him. Other times that we happened to meet, whether it was um, my family or uh, went somewhere to eat before or after church or a birthday party or whatever, there was just an always a need to... Um, make sure that he was eating. Um, like I said, I didn't know why the Lord just used me on that 
But there was also a, um, the Lord kept talking to me about talking to him. And if, if anybody knew Kenneth at that time, um, uh, he, um, I didn't really talk to women. He didn't talk to any of the girls there at church the way the other guys did. He was, uh, I mean, he talked with the other guys, but the women he just kind of, uh, you know, stayed away from. And not that I really noticed that too much beforehand. Like I said, I, I didn't really pay too much attention. I, I had other things on my mind. Uh, I was very preoccupied with just serving the Lord and loving him and being loved by him and um you know people around around me wanted to get married wanted me to get married but and other people around me wanted to get married but I I just I was enjoying my time with the Lord um but it was a time of uh what I found out later uh doing something you know stretching Kenneth the Lord was stretching Kenneth and was making me uh, talk to him and was telling me to um, get him to respond because uh, he would just kind of stand there and he would give me this <laughs> I, I don't really want to tolerate you right now look and deer in the headlights look and uh, I, I didn't know why I just wanted to obey the Lord and and so I would talk to him and I would get him to say more than yes and no and uh, that's pretty much where it... little backtrack. <clears throat> <laughs> so, I got to a certain point in my walk with the Lord uh, by this time. It, it took some time, but I was like, you know what? I'm certainly not in any position to pursue a relationship, but beyond that, I don't want to... Uh, I didn't want to try dating around or anything like that. I was like, I don't, I don't even want to focus on that stuff. Uh Paul said, you know, when you're single, you can devote yourself entirely to the Lord. And I actually got to a point where I was like, that's what I want. That's my goal. And uh, I started making plans to start doing mission trips to places where I was called. And uh, all the while going uh, to welding school. So I was thinking I could probably use uh, welding and, and that trade to help me go from places. And I was already making these plans, and, and I'd already told the Lord, I was like, I'm not good at finding this this wife thing. And the funny thing is, is when I got born again, when I was 13, the Lord had been telling me very, very specific things about Aubrey. Not that I was pursuing them, because actually, when I was 13, I was big into different kinds of uh, social studies, and one of the things that I told the Lord was, look, I come from an alcoholic, broken home family background, I would not be the ideal candidate for raising a family. And the Lord was like, you know what? There's this and this and this about who your wife is. There's this and this and this about the kids you'll have. And, and it was scary. And uh, so by this time in 2009, when I was 19 or 20-ish, uh, I, I decided, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to play those games anymore. And, um, I was just going to pursue the Lord. And then about three months later, <laughs> I started talking to Kenneth. <laughs> and 
and uh, honestly, it was just, um, I, I had already talked to the Lord about, um, just, just keeping my eyes on him. I, you know, there, there were prospects here and there. Um, somebody my dad liked, somebody my mom liked, you know, yada, yada. But it, I knew that they weren't for me. Um, because I wanted someone that would, I know it's cliche, I know it's been heard before, but I wanted somebody that could love the Lord and keep their eyes on Him more than they would me. Because I knew that if their eyes were on the Lord, then they would love me and they would take care of me. And the Lord would talk to them about me and whatever was my need or however they needed to take care of me and would what would become our family. So I wanted somebody that could lead me and not somebody that I would have to drag behind because I knew the call of God on my life. And I knew um, from just dreams and the Lord talking to me, um, some of at least, you know, in, in a way, some of what my life was going to be. And I knew that the person that I was going to marry was going to be somebody different. And so different, you know, uh, guys showed up here and there and, and right after I got born again, but I will, I just, they weren't, you know, some, you know, they may be able to get me this big house. They may be able to get me this new car, whatever it was, but it wasn't, their eyes weren't on the Lord. They didn't have like a call of God on their like they didn't know what it was it was just like I would have to have you know drag them along with me they, and, and they would have had to follow instead of me follow them and that's what I wanted I wanted a, a leader uh, for a husband one that I could stand behind and beside and and do whatever the Lord wanted us to do um, so I asked the Lord to kind of hide my heart, you know, um, and, and not really open the emotions, um, and me not notice, uh, until it's the one he wanted. I wanted him to pick my, my husband out for me. I wanted him to be my Yenta. I wanted him to be my matchmaker. So when the Lord started telling me to not only take care of Kenneth, like, you know, make sure he ate, but also to start talking to him, it didn't register in my mind that this was the one because the Lord hadn't opened up that part of me yet. Um, it, there truly was this, this part of me that was set aside and, and my eyes weren't open to it yet. I had a respect for Kenneth and as I got to know him better, I had a respect for him. I, um, I respected him enough to call him a friend. Um, but anything else just wasn't, it we just wasn't in my sights. Yeah. We didn't think of each other, uh, that way. Um, uh, some of the reason for that on my end, uh, Aubrey's seven years older than me, so I wasn't even thinking that she would <laughs> even consider me a candidate, you know? It's like, oh, okay, you know, dismissed. <laughs> but some of the reason why I kept hanging around her family was because her father and I became really good friends and would do lots of ministry things together 
and uh, during this Bible study, I can't tell you how many people got deliverance, how many people got baptized in the Holy Spirit, how many people got healed. I mean, I, I remember we both remember a particular friend of ours who got in a motorcycle wreck, and that was like the first healing that I saw. I asked the Lord, like, hey, Lord, show me this healing stuff. He's like, all right. So he brought this guy that should have been dead. His arm was all but detached at the skin and just kind of hung, you know, on his, on his shoulder hung on his bicep. It was pretty disgusting. And then it was even more disgusting watching this thing creep back up and reattaching itself. Like, my stomach was flipping while this healing was going on. It was nuts. Um, but anyways, uh, Frank and I actually became good friends uh, through that. And... Uh, I kind of think that was probably crucial. Yeah. Um, one thing that he hasn't mentioned was uh, at church. It just started that there was this period of time, and it was before it was before Kenneth would even come to the Bible studies. Um, my dad was drawn to him. He actually would um, go and go and pray for him, and. Um, there were times when my dad would get in after church, my dad would get in the car and, and he would just say, I don't know what it is about, about him. I just love him. I just have to pray for him. I just love him. And, um, and my dad would just break down and cry because of just the love that he had for Kenneth. And he didn't, he didn't really know why himself. He just knew that he needed to pray for him. <laughs> and um, it, none of us, for it, it didn't just, it didn't register for any of us at the time. It was just all about the Lord and obeying the Lord and um, loving people enough to, you know, pray for them and get to know them. But that's all. <laughs> so, fast forwarding a little bit. I mean, there's tons of craziness that happened between then and this uh, next moment in time. Uh, our now brother-in-law, Nick, uh, had his wisdom teeth removed. <laughs> and uh, On the day of a Bible study, before the Bible study, and uh, he thought, he, he, got, he got all four removed, and he thought he could drive his standard vehicle, um... To the Bible, yeah, to the Bible study after getting his wisdom teeth pulled, um, which our house was maybe maybe five minutes away from the dentist office, um, but he realized he couldn't, and uh, called us, and Kenneth was kind enough to drive uh, my sister and I to the uh, the dentist's office. And pick him up in his car. And uh, as uh, the night progressed, um, he didn't want any type of pain reliever other than ibuprofen. And even then, my mom forced him to take it. <laughs> but his face got more and more... Um, <laughs> he, he looked like a squirrel or a chipmunk. By the end of the night and uh, my mom convinced him to stay home to stay at our house and spend the night with ice on his face 
and Kenneth was kind enough to volunteer and stay there as well. Um, I believe it was to make sure that he wouldn't get in his car and drive away. <laughs> it, yeah, more or less to just look out for him. He looked like he was in and out of it, and understandably so. <laughs> Poor guy. So, um... I can't remember if I was living with him then or not yet, but at some point, Nick and I, uh, actually lived together for a little while, uh, while I was going through welding school and it was a bit of a break for me having been homeless and then lived with a house with nine guys and, which is uh, another story in itself nine guys one bathroom it was every bit as bad as you you can think uh, but then nick offered and i took it and it was actually closer to the trade school so that worked out well and uh the next morning uh, after Nick had his wisdom teeth removed. Uh, I get up early. And I'm up early and no one else is up. So I look on the bookshelf and there's Fox's Book of Martyrs. So I was like, okay, you know, you know I've heard about this. Let me, let me check it out. It's a pretty neat book. And then uh, Aubrey gets up. She's getting ready to go to work. <clears throat> and uh, she uh, makes me a bowl of cereal, and she makes a bowl of cereal, and we sit at this coffee table that they had in their living room, a little two-by-two two coffee table. And we are like, this fits too well. It was like we could see immediately, both of us were like, we could see ourselves doing this for the rest of our lives. And it was kind of like a hold-up kind of moment. And uh, I know I spent the whole day, like, Going to the Lord and was like, you know, is this uh, is this just my flesh or, you know, are you putting Aubrey in front of me? And uh, so we we had talked, and then another Tuesday had come around, right? No, it was the same same Tuesday. Same Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. um, uh, really that that morning over cereal. Something just dropped in my, in my heart and in my spirit of this was right. This felt right. And um, we didn't really say anything about it. It was just this. We both felt that way. We just, yeah, there was just this knowledge. And uh, I left for work. And as I was driving to work, I suddenly realized this is right and... I remember, I remember going, Lord, I, I love him. This, this is it. This is, he's the one. This is it. He's the one I'm going to marry. This is the one you want for me. And I know it. And, and I could feel the Holy Spirit on it. And I could feel this resounding yes. And so I was at work, um, trying <laughs> to figure out how, this was going to play out. Uh, I was incredibly thankful that my dad already loved Kenneth because um, I my father is Hispanic and he's uh, he loves his babies and he like he wants to make sure all his babies are are loved by whoever is meant to be with them. And he's not, he didn't want to let us go without 
without that. And uh, so I was incredibly thankful that I didn't have to introduce Kenneth to my to my dad um, and have to deal with you know you know him thinking that this man was going to steal his daughter. Um, so uh, and because Frank and I were already good friends, anyways. There was a lot he already knew about me. <laughs> Anyways, just because we would open up being men and being brothers in Christ, there was lots of things he already knew. And some of that being he knew that I hadn't thought about Aubrey prior to this moment because I just would have told him. It literally was a drop in, in both of us of this is it, this is the person. Um, and later on during my, somewhere around my lunchtime, uh, Kenneth texted me and said, I need to, I need to talk to you. I need to call you. Um, so, um, I let him know when I was on lunch and he called and said that he needed to talk to me. It was really important. And under his breath said he was going to puke and die. <laughs> and that he wanted to talk to me. Uh, we had, uh, church on Tuesdays at that time, Tuesday nights, Sunday, Sundays and Tuesday nights. And so we were going to see each other that night and he wanted to talk to me then. And, um, <laughs> it was, uh, going to be very interesting. I wasn't too sure how this was going to play out, honestly. And I, I got a little bit nervous because it was happening so quick and it was just, it felt right, but at the same time, it was like, whoa, this is, this is incredibly fast. And I didn't think it would happen this way. But, uh... You and me both. <laughs> at church, um, I could tell you wanted to talk to me before. Uh, so I kind of, um... Avoided me. Avoid <laughs> avoided him. I admit it. Uh, but Holy Spirit moved. And it may have been for for us honestly it, it worked out better though I, I really do think it worked out better than we talked after we wouldn't have that distraction during holy spirit moved and he uh I, I remember being under a chair uh laughing and um i somehow got out from under that chair and kenneth was right there and he goes um I need to tell you something. The Lord's talked to me about the one uh, woman I'm going to marry. And and he said, and he went through this list of things that the Lord told him about the woman he was going to marry and the woman he was meant to be with. It, and, it wasn't reading her mail. And if you're in the Pentecostal denomination, you understand what that means. I was just telling her things that I knew the Lord told me that my wife was going to be. Yeah, he didn't say anything like, that's you, or any of that. He just went through this list. And um, I'm laughing the whole time, like, Holy Spirit. Which is not good on the confidence, by the way. <laughs> was on me. I was laughing the whole time, and the whole time it was like, this is right, this is it. And I was so amazed by the things that the Lord had told him, things I'd never told anyone. Um, he had told Kenneth. And uh, we actually had that experience bef uh, before where um, the Lord had told me something about Kenneth. And I had told him 
after a Bible study what the Lord had told me. <laughs> and, um, um, and so, I mean, the Lord had been talking to us and it just never clicked. So that Tuesday night, everything clicked. And, um, and let's see, you talked to my dad. Well, okay, so <laughs> this is a little sprag. Bear with us, guys. Okay. So that same Tuesday when I called her and said I need to talk to her at lunch, the Lord had told me this is the woman who you're going to marry. And there was like a, a switch that flipped and was like, well, okay, well, I'm going to spend the rest of my life and I laid my life down for this woman. Now, I'm the kind of person that tests any word the Lord gives me. It's not because I doubt, it's actually because I trust Him. And because anything He tells me, like, I, I, I tend to approach things from a scientific perspective. So, like, when the Word says, you know, that uh, Jesus told them to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover, I'm like, well, let's test this. Let's see how far this will go. <laughs> and then the Mark 16, 15 Hollywood trip happened. You know, stuff like that. And so that's why when I talked to her later that night, I said, well, these are the things the Lord told me about my wife. I was testing that word that I believed that I heard him say earlier that Tuesday. Now, the following day, I, uh, I, had to, I went to talk to Frank, and uh, he was trying to get me to talk to him after talking to Aubrey that Tuesday night. <laughs> He was like, is there anything you want to tell me? I was like, no, not really. But it wasn't because I was afraid to talking to him. I was, I was needing to digest and process this entire night because the Lord had done a lot that night. And I needed, <laughs> I needed to like, you know, kind of like take a step back and, and realize what just happened. Hmm. And uh, I talked to him the next day and he told me that I went about this all wrong. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh. I didn't have, uh, my, my parents' way of bringing me up was a whole lot different than Aubrey's, <clears throat> and, uh, uh, I actually prefer, uh, the way where the father is the matchmaker, I think, well, father and mother is the matchmaker, <laughs> especially not being a father, no, I, I, I do think it's a good thing, uh, but we had talked about it, and uh, we got our pastor involved. And if our pastor, if our pastors, uh, Cletus and Nicole, if they were to tell us, you know what, we're not feeling the Lord on it, we would have trusted them. Yeah. What they said held a lot of weight to us. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, that's something that I, I don't think a lot of people understand is putting yourself under that kind of authority. You will, you know, if you believe in Holy Spirit and you believe in vision, you will not have a clear vision if you do not sit under authority. That's just the way it is. And uh, there's no way around that. You know, if you want to get launched into ministry, you have to sit under authority. Because if you don't sit under authority, there's nothing, including the Lord, that's going to be able to keep you in check whenever you start your own ministry. You won't listen to Holy Spirit when he tells you don't do this, do that. And uh, so if you, if you can't learn to submit, then... Then that's an issue. Sorry, side rant. <laughs> but uh, if Frank were to say no, and if our pastors were to say no, then we wouldn't have pursued it. And uh, but everyone said yes, and uh, everyone said wait, 
because Aubrey and I were pretty sure immediately. They're like, well, you know, you can't really be too sure now. So we, we actually just kind of like <laughs> obliged everyone. We went through like a marriage counseling for a year, but mainly it wasn't bad. We enjoyed it because a lot of places where the Lord was leading us in our courtship, uh, questions to ask and things to think about and how we were going to uh, do our marriage together uh, was getting brought up in our marriage counseling meetings and it's like well funny thing the Lord led us to talk about that very subject you know this week and uh, so marriage counseling was kind of a breeze yeah, but nice. I mean it was great confirmation at the same time that that we were listening to the Lord and he was preparing us for marriage and it was, it was great. And we, we greatly appreciate, you know, our pastor's leadership and insight and, uh, and Frank's and Melissa's insight. And, you know, they have a wonderful story about their marriage as well. I think it's actually really great. And, uh, that'd be a podcast for another time. But, uh, just, just listening to, these people who were older than us, who have been married for a while, uh, people of authority over us, and it prepared us for uh, getting married. And uh, one of the things, the conditions to our courtship was there always had to be another set of eyes with us, <clears throat> and understandably so. And I talked with Frank. I was like, I think that's a good idea because I know me. I know, I know the kind of person I am. And had I had my wish, Aubrey and I would have eloped probably three months into our courtship, and Judah would be about ten years old. Well, we would have we would have gone for a marriage license and been married within the thirty days after we had talked on Tuesday. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, I mean, it, it would have made things rougher for us than how we already started. And from what I understand, the Lord kind of told both our pastors and Frank and Melissa, "Look, uh, these." These two need to get married after about a year of courtship. They, they're not going to be able to handle it any further. And it's straight from 1 Corinthians 7. It's better to marry than to burn. And uh, that was the case. Uh, we loved each other. We loved each other very much. We knew we were going to spend the rest of our lives together. Yeah. And uh, we knew it was going to be a rocky, rocky start. And it was. But it was great at the same time. We had each other. We had Holy Spirit moving. Oh, before we go too far... I know we hit our 30-minute mark, and we were going to try and keep it that way. <laughs> we'll try and speed things along. But I wanted to jump to our actual wedding, because that was very significant. And uh, our pastor asked us, because we wanted him to officiate the wedding for us, and uh, he asked us what we wanted, and we both told him, just preach the gospel. We want fire and brimstone because we have lost family that are going to be here and I have stubborn family that don't listen and uh, Aubrey had stubborn family that don't listen and we wanted we wanted pastor to preach the gospel to them as if there was no tomorrow we also wanted him to just go with Holy Spirit yeah however Holy Spirit was leading him to go for it we didn't want our wedding, our marriage to get in the way. We wanted it to be um, uh, weaved together, synonymous. It, it flow with whatever Holy Spirit wanted. Um, but even when we told him preach the gospel, we knew he would anyway. 
Um, but he asked what we wanted, and that's what we wanted. This was going to be done on a Sunday, which meant he was going to have a, a service first. And uh, I wanted him... I wanted him to feel as free as possible during this whole ceremony, and I wanted the Lord to be there more than any other family member, more than my mom or my dad, because the Lord had been there from the time I got born again. The Lord had raised me. He was the most important person in my life, and I wanted him honored in our wedding, and Aubrey felt the same way, and that was something we expressed to our pastor. We wanted Holy Spirit there, and we wanted the gospel preached, and we wanted God honored. And that would mean more to us than any extravagant wedding. Mm-hmm. It's very true. Um, it, I mean, it was the Lord who put us together. It was... Not that it wasn't extravagant. <laughs> it was His design and plan. And so all we wanted was Holy Spirit to be there. We wanted Him to be in the room. Even if it was... I mean, it, the it, even if the only people in the room ended up being Pastor Cletus, Lady Nicole, my parents, and Kenneth and I. It didn't matter. We wanted Holy Spirit because he would have filled the place. And, I mean, just... You can't go wrong with God there. Yeah. We wanted his blessing on the whole thing. And um, the crazy thing um, was Kenneth and I decided to fast. Fast and pray for that day. And... um, and for people to be there to to hear the word and to be changed by the power of God. And we get in there and there were so many people that were there at DBC that day that they had to go and get extra chairs to fill in the back. And there was already quite a bit of people there, you know, in chairs already. It was packed in that um, in that building and we found out that it was not only just the regular people that were there and our family members that had come which we didn't invite a whole lot no. um, just close relatives and a few friends um, but this whole group of um, students from youth for the nation yeah YWAM wasn't it YWAM it might and have Tyler. Been yeah, yeah, it is in Tyler. Um, a whole van full of uh, YWAM students decided to 20, come. 30 students. Yeah, decided to come that day. And um, so we had this this massive amount of people. There were even people that were standing in the back because there weren't enough chairs. We had friends that had walked away from the Lord that just happened to show up that day, that didn't get an invite, that just happened to show up. There was people from the city hearse uh, that just lived there and just happened to show up at DBC that day. We found out later, uh, we went to one of our favorite restaurants, Rosa's, and one of the employees were like, didn't y'all get married, you know, so many months ago? Yeah, I was there. <laughs> and uh, it was nuts. It was it was absolutely crazy. Uh, go on. Yeah, it was uh, just... It was it was so insane just to see what the Lord did um, that day, and uh, so we were like, okay, we're gonna have a party, you know, this is awesome. And um, I remember, uh, um, well, it was after the ceremony, you know, people that didn't even notice know us were 
congratulating us and they helped if at they helped at the wedding reception they helped set things up you know because we went from the church to our reception and they were like oh yeah we'll help out and they volunteered and i mean it things was amazing ran smoothly there was no hiccups we didn't have to worry about nothing yeah it was it was crazy how the lord just just came in and there was suddenly this family of of people of strangers and um it, it was just it was so amazing um uh just to be there I, I remember being up on stage while pastor cletus was um speaking and and officiating our marriage and and uh i just kept laughing because i was so undone um in that moment by how much god loved me and how how many answered prayers were happening right there in that building. Um, and I, I just knew, I was like, this is it. I, He's blessing us. He's blowing our minds with how how good he is. And he's, he's showing us. And he's telling us he's there. Yeah. And um, it, it was, unfor all of it was un absolutely unforgettable. It was just a massive amount of family. Um, whether in inside the church or uh, where we had our reception, it was just a massive amount of family, and God was so amazing. Uh, I I remember that um, some of the students from Tyler, they even said, "I never knew a wedding could be like that." <laughs> they were completely amazed by the the love of God that was there, and how I mean His presence was so. Honestly, um, there were times in 2016 and even now that just feeling his presence um, during this revival, there are times where I think, well, this is, this is kind of how it felt even the, the day we got married. Yeah, there's definitely joy and the staggering in the Holy Spirit, the, the drunkenness of the Holy Spirit that happened that day for sure. Like things that we have experienced... I would, I would dare say I'd liken it to day 52 or day 54. Day 54, yeah. Day 54. Um, there, I, I was kind of out of it even on the stage and PC was wanting me to repeat stuff and I was trying to pay attention, but I mean, at the same time. And uh, yeah, Holy Spirit moved. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't because we were getting married. It wasn't because, you know, we weren't nervous. It was... Holy Spirit was on us, and and we were trying to concentrate on what Pastor Cletus was saying and wanting us to repeat um, because we were, and just, there was just such a presence of God. So much of his love was right there in that moment. There was so much joy. Um, but yeah, Tyler students, they were, I never knew that, that a wedding could be like this, and and things could be done this way, and God could be there like this in a at a wedding. This is this is crazy. This is amazing. I when I get married, I, I, I man, I want it to be like this. And and they left changed, uh, and and expecting more of God. It was it was awesome. It was completely awesome. More than we expected. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna try and speed this up now. <laughs> and the thing of it is, is there's a lot. In these 10 years, there's been ups, there's been downs. 
we went on our first mission trip together a month after we got married. We went to Santiago, Chile. Um, there was one night that uh, it could have turned out really bad, but the Lord was there. Uh, college students were rioting. Um, they were protesting the government's cut of a lot of uh, funding. And uh, they lost a lot of teachers, resources, and materials from college level all the way down to elementary level. And uh, they were rioting in the streets. There was gunshots. There was fire. There was barricades, glass breaking, everything. So, um, trash cans were on fire. Trash cans were on fire. The next day, uh, the police, who was also the military, because that's a long story, um, were tear gas in the city square where we were, I mean, that was our, that was our kicks, uh, where we were ministering. And we thought it was the pollution because we read online that, you know, pollution's high right there because there's mountains on the east and there's ocean wind coming in from the west and it just like traps all the pollution and then and Santiago's like a bowl and uh, we thought it was just pollution because I mean it was tear gas you know our throats were rasping our, we tearing up and our tears were burning pretty sure it was tear gas and then they actually told us it was tear gas later there, there was a group a ministering group that uh, we had talked to while we were out there and they were telling us what was going on and uh, they told us about lemons. We didn't know. But if you ever need to know, if you ever get tear gassed, lemons is the way to go. Rub lemons all over your face. Don't get it in your eye, but don't wash your face with water. That will make it worse. Lemons is what will get rid of this thing. Anyways, um, we actually prayed uh, there in the town square. We didn't know about the lemons then. And uh, we just said that Jesus has authority over the prince of the air. And then... There's people coughing and gagging around us, but we were fine after that. That, that was We didn't even realize until after we got back, the Lord totally did a miracle right then and there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we also came back with Judah, our firstborn, <laughs> from that trip. And then uh, he was about a year and a half, and I got seriously injured. And uh, there was definitely... Days I couldn't walk. We're fast forwarding to the following year. <laughs> it was it was scary. It was bad. I couldn't feel from like belly button down. And Aubrey uh, became pregnant with Abigail, our second born. It was like, oh boy. <laughs> um, I've been believing for healing. I knew the Lord was going to heal me. I don't know, you know. I didn't know what the deal was. And then I remember the night that I got healed. It literally felt like he removed a vertebrae bone out of my back and then something got shoved back in it. It was slightly painful, but I regained feeling in my legs and uh, I could walk again without problem. That was a very miraculous night. And He was going to go out and preach even though he was in some really intense pain, more pain than he had felt in a while. But he was going to go out and he was going to go preach the gospel anyway and the Lord... You know that feeling when your foot falls asleep? I had that in both my feet, and I couldn't feel the placement of my feet. At the same time, intense pain like a wedge in my spine. It was intense. And the Lord the Lord fixed it then. And uh, that, that was a crazy night. And then fast-forwarding a couple more years, Aubrey had a dream. 
And uh, the Lord has given me a gift of interpreting dreams. Um, I did ask him. I was. I, I remember reading after I got born again about Joseph in Genesis, and I was like, Lord, that'd be cool. And then um, he often tells me other people's dreams, everyone else's dreams but my own. <laughs> and uh, I used to be skittish about it, but then uh, while I was getting a tattoo done on my finger, uh, the cousin of the person who was doing the tattoo was like, man, I had a strange dream that night. I was like, well, tell me your dream. And he told me his dream and basically wound up giving him the interpretation of his dream, telling him some things that the Lord was saying in his dream that were very personal that uh, I couldn't have known. And his cousin gave him this look like, come on, dude, like this is ridiculous. He, he, There's no way he knew this kind of stuff. And the guy wound up getting born again. So ever since someone got born again from hearing interpretation of a dream, I don't knock it anymore. And uh, anyways, uh, the Lord had given Aubrey a dream about us going to Los Angeles, and I told her, you need to tell Lady Nicole and Pastor Cletus. And then we get uh, asked to meet with them after a church service, and uh, they asked us to go um, help out with uh, a church plant, DBC Hollywood, with uh, Dylan and Carl Riley. And that was a wonderful, stretching experience it was great for so many reasons they were great uh very anointed couple uh wonderful family they still are still are the <laughs> kids are great wonderful family very creative uh very creative uh, i want to say like productive slash industrial in a sense like they get stuff done and uh learned a lot from them guys and uh, our pastor told us, you know, year and a half to two year span. And uh, when the year and a half mark came up, the Lord reminded me because we didn't, we were honest, we forgot the Lord told us that. And then we we're like, well, are we going to stay out here or are we going to go? And the Lord said, remember this word. And I was like, okay, all right. And then everything had fallen into place. It, everything had fallen into place for us to go out there. Uh, having to go out there, take a weld test, and then give him my job like a month. A month notice and them my new job being okay with the month notice and like never skipping a paycheck and then us leaving my job there loved me so much they gave me severance and and um i had benefits with 401k that kind of stuff stock they, stock, they 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 really hooked me up on the way out the door and uh i had made some some uh great friends there at that job and uh, what was, honestly, the greatest thing about uh, being out there in Hollywood was seeing places where we had fallen short and seeing a need for revival. We got hungry for revival yeah. in Los Angeles. and uh, That I was the birthplace of our hunger for revival. And we, I mean, shortly after getting there, uh, we were like, we need revival. And... Uh, <laughs> We need the Lord to do something in our lives. And uh, we were seeking the Lord, and I, I had the wonderful benefit of being able to uh, listen to a lot of accounts about revival. And um, I found a, uh audio reading of Good Morning, Holy Spirit by Benny Hinn. And uh, 
the Lord would tell me certain things about revival to which I had no idea what he was talking about. So then I would have to go look it up. And he was leading me actually on a very specific path in, in history with the Holy Spirit. And like people I didn't know, I'm like, who is this? Who is Maria Woodworth Edder? And uh, starting with her and then going all the way, well, actually even before her, uh, what they called the Layman's Revival in the, in the mid-1800s, and then uh, going through there, Maria Woodworth, the Welsh Revival, and uh, Azusa Street, and then the Hebrides, and then uh, Toronto Airport Revival, and hearing and, and uh, getting a vision for a revival and believing God for a revival. And then we had a word that when we were going to uh, come back that uh, God was going to pour out revival and the Lord gave Aubrey another dream. Yeah, um, I had a dream um, that Pastor Cletus, oh, he either texted or called Kenneth and, um, and invited him to uh, come back to Texas and, um, and told him that there was, a, there was only two seats left basically, and, uh, and asked what he was going to do. Did he want to come? And I, uh, when I woke up, I, I knew it was the Lord and there's, there's just a knowledge, um, and, and a certain thing about God dreams, um, where you're there, but you're, you're watching it and it's like, okay, the Lord's talking to me through this. Well, I woke up and I thought, okay, Kenneth's already at work. I need to tell Kenneth. So I typed Kenneth, and Kenneth said, that's the Lord. And um, and we just knew, I think he came back and we talked, but he just knew, okay, that was a word from the Lord, we're going back to Texas. And I was going to say, around this time, Go ahead. Uh, I had been dealing with, out of nowhere, bouts of depression. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, it really came out of left field, and... Panic attacks. Panic attacks. I've never had to deal with that kind of stuff before. Um, It was completely, it it was off guard. And I really think it was an attack from the enemy at the time. And then I got to a point where I I was just tired of like fighting and dealing with this. And then Aubrey had this dream and the Lord really moved on me at work one day. and, And I got my fight back. And then the same time the lord gave me my fight back because he gave me a word he said you are going to have a son and you're going to name him michael and you know he told me some specific things about michael so i get home that day and i tell aubrey we're going to have a son and his name's going to be michael and this was a word that aubrey had been sitting on for years before we even got married i knew the Lord had told me I was going to have a son named Michael, and he told me specific things about him. So I had, I had waited. We, were, we had, we had our, our two children, and um, I had waited for the day that this word would happen. I'd been sitting on it. And when uh, Kenneth called me, he was having coffee with Jesus that morning. Um, and uh, when he called me, he said, Aubrey... The Lord, I, I heard him, he, he spoke to me, it was so clear. And he said, the Lord said that you're going to get pregnant, it's going to be a boy, and we are to name him Michael. And he's like, I'm on my way home. And I said, oh, okay. And I, I 
just knew, okay, that's, that's my promise that I've been holding on to for so long. So we had this word and then this dream almost at the same time of, of promise. So we head back to Texas and Aubrey was pregnant with Michael. <laughs> and uh, we get back on our feet there. And uh, the first night that we got back, or the first, the first service of when we got back, that's when Holy Spirit fell, and He fell hard. And He moved in such a way, and I remember immediately, like, just falling out, and uh, it, was, it, it was the Lord saying, I'm honoring my promise. I promised, and I'm faithful, and I want you to know I've been there the whole time, and I'm still with you. And we're gonna we're gonna do this. You're gonna have revival, and that started the first forty days of Holy Spirit. Well, that there was a well, few it, 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 it led to it led to that. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah, because Pastor Cletus and Lady Nicole they sat on it. Yeah, for um, for uh, a period of time they would go and they went to places where Holy Spirit had moved, where there had been revival, and so. Um, we knew any word that that pastor we we had made uh, an agreement any word that pastor cletus gave whether it was an encouraging word whether it was um um a rebuke uh whatever it was we're going to take it in we're going to eat it like it's ours like he's talking to us directly no matter what it is and so we were holding to that and at the same time while they're going to different places and um just a uh, uh soaking in you know from from wells of revival and wells of joy and um and this whole time with us going revival's coming revival's coming it's just around the corner it's just around the corner i mean we were so ready we knew we were so ready for revival um that uh they came back and there were bouts of holy spirit moving and in, in the sir you know in the meetings and <laughs> And, like, I remember this one time, um, uh, Pastor Cleus was just trying to get a, a scripture through, and he said, you know, the Holy Spirit has come upon me, and, and, and that was just pretty much all he could say for a period of time, because there was so much joy and laughter that would just, it, the Holy Spirit would just fill the place. And it would happen here and there, here and there, just bouts. Um, it, but it wasn't until September of the year that we got back. Um two weeks after uh, I had Michael that um, that he poured out it was like this is revival it wasn't just bouts anymore it wasn't just sparks here and there it was a downpouring where he it was like he literally came into the room and sat with us and thus began like a lot of healing and a lot of reinforcement all at the same time and I mean, what revival is, it's not, it's not uh, a hyping at all. It's like God fixing issues, the whole reason why we needed revival in the first place. And we've been in revival since 2016, never since. And uh, along the way, we also uh, had our fourth son, Gideon, or third son, Gideon, fourth child. And uh, throughout this marriage, we, we haven't really talked about uh, 
the ebbs as so much the flows. Uh, we've had to deal with quite a bit, and uh, one of them, we had uh, lost a baby between uh, Abigail and Michael, and it hit us both hard. And uh, when we were there in California, that was also some of the healing that took place uh, between Aubrey and I and, and the Lord bringing us together. It, not that we were at odds with each other, but the Lord needed to do healing with the both of us. And then we got the word about Michael, and it was like a, a switch flipped. And uh, we, we were going to kick the devil in the throat, and we said, no, you may not. And... The Lord gave us Michael, and then the Lord gave us Gideon, and the enemy tried to take out Gideon on the day of his birth. Uh, he was born unresponsive, heart was dropping, and uh, the Holy Spirit just rose up, and, uh, and long story short, just said, no, you're not going to take this one. And uh, I said out, out loud, even with the nurses there, I didn't care, they're, they're doing... CPR on them, and I said, Gideon, you're going to live, you're not going to die. I, I was quoting that scripture from Isaiah, you know, the Lord says you'll live and not die, declares the Lord, and you'll declare the good deeds of the Lord. And that's what I said, Gideon, you're going to live, you're not going to die. And then uh, we heard that cry, and I almost passed out in relief. <laughs> the most beautiful sound. And he has not stopped crying since. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's a wonderful kid. He's a handful, but aren't they all? Um, that That's the little family the Lord's given us. And through this marriage, God has brought us closer together. I'm very thankful that Aubrey and I have gotten closer together. We haven't drifted apart. We're not cold to each other. We don't hide anything from each other. We, we talk to each other even when we're mad at each other. <laughs> And uh, one of not to hurt one another. That that's one of our rules is when we argue, you know, there can be emotion in it, but we don't say things to hurt each other. We don't call each other names or nothing like that. We argue to come up with a solution to the problem, and we really emphasize that this is a team effort. And we just wanted to do this podcast. We were shooting for thirty minutes, but here we are coming up on an hour. There's so there was so much to say. And there's more that could be said. But uh, we just wanted to share past 10 years of our life and this wonderful marriage the Lord's given us and the crazy things that he's done through us and for us and around us and using the people around us. And just the, I mean, in, the, in a sense, this, this podcast is, is to just declare, you know, gratitude to the Lord for what he's done and eager expectation of the years to come and uh, we hope that there's something in our story and and the, the good times and the bad times that can benefit your life out of this podcast and we wanted to share that so this is we're, we're having to wrap up really quick but at any rate this has been kenneth the kilted preacher and aubrey from aubrey cd speaks and we want you to be blessed be blessed, be blessed. You have a good day, or a good night, or whatever time it is, or a good morning. <laughs> or middle of the night. Middle of the night. Be blessed. <laughs>